Hi, my name is Devin Blankenbiller, and welcome to another episode of the Going Deeper podcast, uh, where we learn to read and understand and dig deep into God's Word so we can secure our lives to it. Uh, We are in the ever-changing, ever-shifting world and culture of the coronavirus, and um, everything's changing. I mean, we're, as parents, we have four kids, we're we're looking at schools right now, and every single school district is doing something a little differently. School's going to look different in the fall, and kids are going through it, parents are going through it, grandparents are going through it, and, and we, in this time, need to secure ourselves to God's word and and the coronavirus isn't enough we're going through a time in our nation of oppression Uh, what are you talking about oppression well oppression is unjust treatment or exercise of power right it's this unjust control and uh, so our nation's grieving and still hurting deeply from the oppression and the unjust treatment and through the death of george floyd um, and just the effects of that, and um, it's an example of many injustices that have happened against people of minority and the racial injustice in our in our country, and uh, and that's oppression, and, and our hearts grieve uh, for that. Um, some of people have been uh, oppressed by the rioters, right? They have unjust treatment against them. People have come in, you know, above the law, and and that's hurt people. Or people who've taken over sections of cities, right, and oppressed in people. That's oppression. Uh, and even right now, our government is making mandates, right? And so some of you feel those mandates are too heavy or, or they're stepping over some of their constitutional rights. And, and so that's oppression. And, um, and so as we think about all the oppression in Atlanta, I want you to know that Jesus breaks oppression. And Jesus, because Jesus hates oppression, and uh, we were in John chapter 2, and we see uh, uh, actually a story of oppression. We looked at this story in, in, uh, on Sunday. We didn't talk or bring up even the word of oppression, but there is oppression in this story. And so we're going to just go deeper in this. If you have a, the Bible, uh, you can be in John chapter 2. We're going to start in verse 13 here today as we look about how Jesus breaks oppression. And so it says on verse 13, it says, The Passover of the Jews was at hand. And Jesus went up to Jerusalem, and in the temple he found those who were selling oxen and sheep and pigeons and the money changers sitting there. And making a whip of cords, he drove them all out of the temple with sheep and oxen. And he poured out the coins of the money changers, and he overturned their tables. And he told those who sold the pigeons, Take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of trade. And his disciples remembered what was written, zeal for your house will consume me. If you jump down to verse 23, it says, Now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover feast, many believed in his name when they saw the signs that he was doing. But Jesus on his part did not entrust himself to him because he knew all people and needed no one to bear witness about man, for he himself knew what was in man. What is it that we're talking about when it says he knew what was in man? Meaning he knew the evil and the and the wickedness and, and our sinfulness that we're all born into. And, and when we look back to to uh, the history of mankind and, and when we look back at some of the things that sadden us about what man, mankind have done, much of it is oppression, right? Much of it is one nation taking over another nation, controlling another land, right? Hurting people that, that shouldn't be hurting, treating people unfairly, right? I mean, there's just history after history, century after 
after century of oppression, and it's it's in the heart of man. It's it's the sinful nature of man, and and here we go again. You know, in in John chapter two, where. People are coming with innocent intentions to worship God at the Passover and the people who are in control of the temple are using it as an opportunity to make money. And so they're oppressing people. Now, if you heard our message on Sunday, you heard some of these details, but for those who haven't, let me just bring you back up to speed. Like, okay, what was the big deal? Why did Jesus get so mad about this? Well, because in that time, they were required, if they lived within a certain um square miles, they were required every Passover, uh, which was once a year, to come and worship at the temple, and they were to bring an animal to make a sacrifice unto God. And that sacrifice wasn't just to, like, pay a due. It was it was back, uh, it was a part of the law in the Old Testament that because they knew that there was sin and they've done wrong, and that wrong deserved death, they would bring a sacrifice, and, and they would lay their hands on it, and, and they would believe, because of what God called them to do, that as that animal was killed, that animal was dying in their place for their own sins and for the sins of their family. And so based on certain things, they would sacrifice different types of animals. And so uh, they were called to sacrifice a pure, spotless animal without any blemish. Now, some people traveled from very far lands and regions, and so they didn't have the the um, the time or they didn't have the strength to bring that animal all that way. So they would buy an animal there to sacrifice. But there were temple inspectors who decided, hey, let's make money off of this. And so let's let's say that when they bring their animals, hey, there's something wrong with that animal. There's a spot there. There's a blemish. And force people that if anyone basically brought animals from the outside, they weren't able to sacrifice them. They, they had a monopoly. They had a control on them. And because they were forcing them to buy their own animals to sacrifice, they were turning it into a business. They were turning it into a profit. I mean, does this sound like our world today in capitalism? Yes, it does, right? But instead of charging two or three times more, they were charging up to 15 times more. So, so instead of charging, you know, 25 cents for a pigeon, they were charging $4 for a pigeon. Or a sheep worth $25, they were charging $400. It was extortion at the highest rate. So here, I say all that to say this. Imagine this. Someone travels two or three days, maybe two or three weeks, to come to Jerusalem so that they can worship God, so they can think about the goodness of God, so they can give honor to him and, and love him and, and thanks. And, and they come and they have this desire to make a sacrifice and their sacrifice gets rejected and they want to sacrifice a sheep or an oxen to God, but instead all they can afford is a pigeon. I mean, or maybe they don't can't afford anything, you know, because there's a temple tax that they were charging too. And, and so all of a sudden here they wanted to make a sacrifice for their family and they can't. And so they feel distant from God. They feel like they didn't get to worship God like they wanted. And basically they were, there was oppression happening. And Jesus was angry at these oppressors, these people who were just completely charging too much. And so he makes a whip, right? And he drives out all those animals, right? He dumps out money. He throws over the table. We see this zealousness in his eyes. We see this righteous anger. You know, in, in Revelation, it talks about Jesus coming back with eyes full of fire. And, and I believe that there was, there was this wrath in Jesus' eyes because he was so grieved at this oppression that these people were being taken advantage of. And I think not only was he mad at the oppressors, but I think he was grieved for those who were being oppressed. These are people who he loved, who he, who God knew, who God created, and he was saddened by what was happening.
so I want to I want to turn the story around a little bit, and I want you to think about your own life, and I want to challenge you with a question today: Have you been spiritually oppressed in any way? What are you talking about spiritually oppressed? Well, think about it. Maybe someone or something has been keeping you from worshiping God in the way that God wants you to worship Him. Maybe it's someone personally, right? Maybe it's a physical oppression, right? Maybe you, you have someone in your life, right, who has led you astray for a time. Maybe they put your faith down, right? Maybe, maybe it's someone who's pulled you and enticed you into doing things that you do not want to do. You know, and because of that person's influence in your life, there's like this oppression of, of someone else who's holding you back from worshiping God in the way that you want to worship. I, I, let me just remind you what Jesus says in Matthew 18. He says, if anyone causes one of these little children, those who believe in me to stumble, it'd be better to have a millstone hung around their necks and be drowned in the depths of the sea. Like Jesus hates those who hold people back from worshiping God and following God. So maybe there's someone in your life who's been oppressing you spiritually. Maybe you're still oppressed by past memories or actions, right? A certain way that you were raised. You were forced to go to church. You're forced into legalism of some sort. And those memories, or even you were abused by someone you trusted. And because of those memories, you can now run to God. You can't go to God. And, and those memories are oppressing you. Or maybe you're oppressing yourself. How can you oppress yourself easily? Because because what do you think of yourself? How do you, how do you view yourself? If you have no confidence in yourself, if you don't believe in yourself, you start thinking thoughts like, God doesn't love me. I'm not good enough. You know, I'll never measure up. I'm just a failure. I'm just a screw up. I mean, I, I hear people say this about themselves. And then I wonder why they struggle worshiping God because they have such a horrible view of themselves. And in those situations, right? I mean, we need to understand that when Jesus flipped over the tables and cracked the whip and broke the, the, those bonds of oppression that was in that temple. He can do the same thing for us today and he can give you the strength. If, if you have someone in your life that's keeping you from God, you need to walk away from that person. If you have past memories, right, that are holding you back or, or causing you to struggle to worship and really seek God because of, of the past, we need to pray, God, set you free of those memories because God can do that. Maybe it's, it's the way you think of yourself, you know, and you have such a bad view of yourself. I want to encourage you that we need to be in God's word. We need to read what Jesus says about you and what he's done for you. We need to renew our mind, like it says in Romans chapter 12. 12 verse 2 to renew our mind because this is what I know it says Hebrews 4 let me close this thought close you with this thought Hebrews 4 16 says so let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God there we will receive his mercy and will find grace to help us when we need it most when I read that I, I hear God doesn't want anything to come between us in him. No, we are called to come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. And I call you today, don't let anything oppress you from coming to God. Now that's one question I ask you today. Let me ask you a harder question. Are you possibly oppressing someone else from coming and worshiping God and knowing Jesus? Is it possibly you or is there any chance that you are oppressing someone else? Are we oppressing other people? Could it be as a church, right? As believers in Christ, that we could possibly put something in someone else's way that they won't come to worship God. What are you talking about? Well, sometimes we get in the 
get in the whole church legalism uh, path, right? Where people have to dress a certain way. People have to look a certain way. People have to give a certain amount, right? We even talk Christian lingo, right? We love talking our Christian lingo or, uh, or we sing, these are the set of songs that we have to sing. And then all of a sudden people come from the outside and they don't feel comfortable because they feel like, well, do I even belong there? I don't know anything that they do. And in a way we're causing an oppression on these people that want to maybe possibly come to know the Lord. Or maybe our churches become too segregated and they're not diverse enough and that segregation causes oppression, right? I don't fit in there. I don't look like everyone else, right? Um, You know, it's only for young people. It's only for old people. It's only for people who are this denomination. It's only people of a certain race, right? I believe that God wants the churches as a whole, including our church, to be very diverse. And I think we should celebrate diversity, whether we look different, we act a little different, we're different ages, because I think the more diverse we are, the more roads are open for people to come into the house of God to say, hey, I can understand, I can relate with with this. And so even when I go have opportunity to worship God in different parts of the world, I'm like, look at that church. They're shouting, they're yelling, they're dancing, they're different. I'm not a dancer, but they are. That's awesome. And there's other churches where they're quieter, they're more reserved, but that's who they are. You know, and and diversity is a wonderful thing in the church and we need to see it as that. So that's one way we could oppress if we're not open to diversity within the church or we think we have to be a certain type of way. And lastly, let me challenge you this way. Parents, if you're a parent today, yes, parents, we can oppress our children from coming to God. How can we do that? Listen, we can have a tendency to teach our kids a performance-based love and acceptance-based um, driven way, right? Like I'm a, I'm a type A personality, my wife's, right? So we, we kind of teach this performance based to our kids without even knowing it. And we have to be careful, right? To teach our kids that they can approach God, listen, with no stipulations, conditions, or price to pay, right? Because that's what the temple, you have to pray, pay a certain price. We have to let our kids know that they can go to God without any conditions, you know? I mean, I, I even feel guilty sometimes. I'm, I can be one, stop running in church, you know? Listen, they're in the house of God. Isn't that a wonderful thing, right? Now, does this mean we don't teach God's word because we don't want people to not feel accepted? Of course it's not what we mean, right? I mean, when Paul was talking about grace and how abundant the grace is, he knew what God, people would say, and he's like, does this mean we, we can continue to sin? He said, by no means we can continue to sin, he said in, in Romans chapter 6. But we do know Jesus is full of grace and truth, and there is a balance. And it means that as a church, we want to reach into people's lives. We want to model Christ to others. We want to be like John the baptizer who said, make straight the way of the Lord. Listen, it's about Jesus. It's about drawing people close to Jesus through the power of his spirit. So let me wrap this up, okay? And I I just want to restate some of these hard questions. Has anything or anyone been keeping or holding you back from coming to God? I would even caution you, has the coronavirus been keeping you and holding you back in your faith in God? Listen, if you're worshiping from home, great. If you're connecting to God, they're great. But if, if you're feeling disconnected because of this virus, it's, it's oppressing you. And just think of Jesus' zealousness of wanting people to come and worship freely in spirit and truth. And the second question I'd ask you, are you doing anything that's keeping people, neighbors, your children, your family from coming to worship God.
because we need to destroy those things. And we need to not just destroy them for a moment or for a day or amen here, but we need to take a hard look at how we're living our lives, how we're raising our families, saying we don't want any obstacles to come between us and God. And we don't want any obstacles to come between people in our community and God. You know, I, I wonder, and my wife kind of posed this question to me. She said, I wonder if the temple vendors just put everything back and set everything up the next day, right? If, or were they deeply impacted? Was there true conviction and, and repentance? Um, and you know what? We don't know what their response is, or we don't know what their response was. But you know what? We are responsible for our response to the Holy Spirit's conviction of what he's saying to us today. So let's take a moment and close in prayer together as the Lord, I hope and pray, is speaking to your heart today. Let's pray. God, I thank you for today. And Jesus, I thank you that, that you break the power of oppression, that you hate oppression. Um, even as we see oppression in our nation, Lord, you hate it. You hate when people are treated unjustly. And, and you hate even more when people are kept or controlled from a religious standpoint and they can't come to you freely. Uh, and so we pray right now that if anyone is oppressed here, uh, whether they're oppressing themselves or someone else is oppressing them or our past memory, Lord, we pray that you bring freedom, that they would know that they can come boldly to your throne of grace. And Lord, we ask, would you give us strength and wisdom to make sure that the gospel's open to everyone, that we'd be an open door sharing the good news with every single person, no matter their race, no matter their age, no matter their differences, no matter if they've never come to church, no matter they were raised in the church. Lord, we pray, Lord, that you would just touch their hearts and continue to speak to us as we go deeper into your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you again for joining us today. We hope that this has been an encouragement. If so, share this podcast with somebody you know or love or let us know how this has been an encouragement to you. And uh, as always, we encourage you, keep going deep into the bedrock of God's word. We love you. Take care.